0: Hello. <laughs> Hi, welcome back. It's been a minute, man. So much has happened. I've missed you guys and gals and unnamed space people. <clears throat> That's the official first clearing of the throat. This is some late night freight, people. I'm shipping this into you straight. I've been on a. It was like a bad 80s <laughs> rap song. I've been on a crazy build. Uh, not build, a crazy shoot for this super high-end aerobics fitness series. So take it up all my time, and that's why I've been gone, but here you go. Late night fright, pepper for your Steak. <clears throat> Hello, welcome welcome back to Pepper for Your Steak. My name is Ruth Reynolds, and this is the most char-broiled episode we've ever been able to create. We we brought every spice back that we had previously decided was no good for whatever reason. Join us, won't you? <coughs> when uh, you could probably have a... Ugh, a lot of clicking. Sorry, we're getting settled in. We could probably have a, a little uh, drinking game every time I clear my throat. Let's be honest. I'm doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes here. All of it is thoroughly legal, I assure you. But let's be honest also. I am in a secret location. Pepper, for your steak, it is... Fuck, it's the end of September. I don't know what is happening. I'm sorry I was gone for so long. I, I definitely owe you an apology and an explanation. The explanation is simple. I had to choose work over um, this, whatever this is. It's not that I don't make this an extreme priority. It's just that we got to put food on the table here. And man, the struggle is real <laughs> out here in the great state of Cralifornia. Oh. <laughs> and we have so much to catch up on. I'm in the middle of this giant production. It is um, it is the reason productions have a name, and I feel proud to be associated with it because it's not creating the negative stereotypes, for the most part. Uh, within the, within the own its own politics, it definitely is. But on the whole, in terms of its impact to where we go, it's a great crew, and people are super thrilled to have us, and we leave super professionally. We don't destroy the place. having a film crew there's the hiccup you know it's lucky having a film crew come into your home is a little bit like having a boy scout troop like want to come set up tents in your house and stay over and you have to figure out how to facilitate that where every tent's going to fit and how you're going to make it work and adjust it I also used a metaphor this weekend when I was at a little party trying to describe art department, the, the department that I'm in, What the, the realm that I contribute to. And remember, that's the... <clears throat> excuse me. Drink. Uh, that's the... Uh, the area that the actors get to play in. Now, I'm going to be going back to acting pretty soon. I'm really exciting, excited about that. Exciting. I'm really excited. I'm really excited about that. <laughs> um. Because I, it is, you know, once you once you spend a lot of time creating environments that actors are going to get to play in, I got to build a spaceship this year, I got to, uh, what else, a lot of houses, a couple outdoor scenes on, on planets, I'm trying to think of the interesting stuff, but you get to watch actors show up and interact with a space that has been set up for them, and a lot of times, tremendous effort has been put in to create this, I mean, it, it goes up into the millions, and Part one of the things that makes an actor's job easy is if the set is incredible because just being in it feels surreal. It is so much easier to like jump into that role. Already we're on a tangent. Hope it feels good. Hope it feels like a an old pair of shoes that you couldn't wait to try on and stomp around in. Maybe you just wanna let your toes wiggle down in there. Who knows? Putting the area that the actors hang out in together is a lot like waiting on a table. Except when the entire meal is there, you're going to eat it with your eyes. And imagine what it tastes like. And try to connect with the content if it's well written. So many elements. That's why it is nearly impossible to create good visual art these days in in terms of film and television streaming content, whatever you want to call all that shit. I, I, I would wager that in the future we're going to come up with an, an easier way to say all of that. Whatever you watch visually in like a moving movie. <clears throat> and that will be the difference between, it'll be that and augmented reality. Those are going to be the two new forms of entertainment. Everything that's pre-planned out and filmed, and then everything that is happening live. This live component is going to become more critical. We're going fast here. We're moving into things. I want to drop another piece of knowledge on you. I've always been thinking about this, you know, the birth of artificial intelligence, and Elon Musk is terrified, it and terrified of it, and uh, Ray Kurzweil is doing jumping jacks, trying to bring his father back from the grave. But whatever it ends up meaning, Elon Musk is actually obviously not terrified. Right now he's in his private jet, surrounded by models from every galaxy, and he looks like Captain Kirk in the original Star Trek, probably, and there's people of every color. I like to think of a lot of purple ones, and they're actually perfectly human-shaped aliens. They're just a different color. Um, Elon Musk is laying on this giant golden, like the biggest, like the world's large. Like it was like it's it's like kind of dangerous how big it is. Okay, it's huge. But it's the world's largest bean bag, except it's filled with money. Paper money. Just stuffed in there. Some beans in there, too. Some beans made of some kind of very expensive polymer. And he's surrounded by women, and they all pick their heads up from his groin, like, What did he say? That he's a scaredy cat? No. But if one of the most intelligent people cruising around right now says that we all need to be afraid of artificial intelligence, we should probably pay him some heed. I forgot where I was going with this. Oh. Uh, I, I, I had this epiphany. I realized that... Uh, you know, they talk about uploading your psychology into a cell phone. Or, or how we become a digital creature. I cracked the screen on my cell phone. I absolutely fucking destroyed it. I mean, a piece of glass is missing where you can see like the inside robot parts. Like Terminator's fucking hand or something. And... Uh, Every time this happens, I'm reminded how tied to this stupid piece of equipment I am. But I realized the technological innovation associated with the smartphone is all based on integrating you deeper with it so that you're part of that machine. Our integration with machines and our mind integrating with machines, until we have the technology to make it physical and and put, put things in people's brains so that the Bluetooth syncs up, which isn't far away, by the way, until we can do that, <clears throat> drink. The first part of that process is going to be your, your smartphone. The new Apple Watch has its own chip. So now it's the size of a watch. As far as I can tell, that is the smallest, relatively reliable device. And I know they're having a lot of problems, but in a month, those will be... ghosts in the wind. So what are we here to do this week? I'm trying to keep track of how many days we've been gone. Yeah, so long story short, is never going to happen here, but we'll use that phrase, that trope anyway. I accepted work. I've been busting my nuts. I've been working 12 to 16 hour days, driving a giant truck full of props around and stages, and all everything necessary to create the world an actor acts in. Then we get to a new spot, and we build it. We take it apart. As soon as they're done shooting, we throw it back in the truck. And it has to look perfect. Of course, we don't achieve perfection, but we strive for it. And we get pretty darn close, and the things that we miss, they scrub out later in post-production. Now, we're getting pretty close to doing with this with our lives. We already do it with the mental representation people have of you. The, the mental representation people have of you is based on the pictures you're putting up. If they're that kind of person. It's also based on the language you use when you talk to them. The way you interact with them. So if you're putting up photos of your ass every day, because that's what you do as a Instagram celebrity model, <clears throat> I wouldn't... I wouldn't recommend. What the hell would I recommend? It's funny. Who the hell am I to judge anybody? And this is a great segue, actually. I learned a great lesson this week. Um, I had a fight with my boss, who's the production designer. He'll remain nameless for his own protection. But uh, you could do a little research. This guy's fantastic. I love him to death. He's a great friend here, but he's also very guarded, and so it's hard for me to get close to him. It's hard for everybody to get close to him, because that's what you do when you're a high-caliber person in L.A., unfortunately. The only way to survive here is really to insulate yourself. It's, It's sad. It is such a brutal environment. After a while, you'd get tired of getting clubbed in the head, and so you go, you know what, fuck this. No one gets to really know, and I totally understand. I do it to a pretty large degree myself. That's what this is for. This is where I get to not do that, where I can be myself and use improper grammar, and not feel bad about it, not feel judged. I'm just hanging out. Sure, I've started three conversational threads and not wrapped them up, and I seem like I have no point. But believe me, there's a point here, people. We're doing this for a reason. But this is warm. You know, we're just having some foreplay. I'm just getting started. Man, I got in this argument with my boss, and I realized it was because I was trying to hold him... To the same kind of standards I hold myself to. Without getting into that minutia, it is a very strange thing to have to decide what standard you're going to hold people to, especially your own boss, because at a certain point you want to say, fuck this and leave, if they don't live up to your standard. But your standard is based on your experience, and all these other people are having a completely fucking different experience. So I... Realized, and I learned, that it was more useful. The old walk a mile in somebody else's shoes game. It was more useful to damage control rather than trying to create a platform to stop everything. We definitely have to look ahead. It's important to prepare for the future. But it's also important to cultivate your tribe wherever you are. You have to swallow a certain amount of your own shit pride that tastes bitter. It's some kind of dirty root you just dug up from the ground and found. Look at this fucking thing. What's this doing in here? Oh, it's breaking the walls to the well. Well, we can't have the fucking well compromised. We need that goddamn water. Well, dig that root out. Break it. That's what you're doing with your own psychology. When you realize, after you take a break from something, that you were a dick. <laughs> it's not that other people didn't make mistakes. And it's not that they don't have a lot of room for improvement themselves. And it's not it doesn't even also mean that things could be on the verge of the breaking point. What I'm saying is, the best way to be evaluative is to become dispassionate. What do I mean by that? The best way to figure out solutions to your problems is to remove your emotional connection to them and and just look at them without your emotions. What what really was happening is that I was hurt because this guy wasn't using the kind of language I needed to feel respected because he just wanted to get the job done. He's a person who's immersed in the concept of aesthetics. It, it, it dominates his entire existence, so much so that people frequently call him a narcissist, and at this point in his career, he's comfortable accepting that, and even moving on from it. And that's kind of cool, and it's also very dangerous, and I'm not here to evaluate his character. We're here to work on us, aren't we? Yes, we are. And so what I realized was, and this seems so blatantly obvious... I had to make compromises in my own expectations in order to stay congruent with the overall needs of the production, the overall needs of the show, the reason I was brought in in the first place. I have to make compromises in my own schedule to make sure the grand schedule gets done. This is a weird thing we do as a species, and we are always reluctant to do it, because I didn't fucking write that grand schedule. Everyone wants to work for themselves. That seems to be the end-all, be-all, right? That's true freedom. When you can, when you can cultivate all your own resources and not rely on anybody else's uh, uh, happiness. Because ultimately you end up sacrificing your own ethics to make sure they stay happy. Now there's nothing wrong with this if everything is synergistic and if everything's on the up and up. This is what a good relationship is. That's why you, that's why we date people. That's why we fall in love with people. That's why we, quote, marry people. Congruency. But we also have to make a certain amount of sacrifice in our business relationships, just like we do in our love relationships. And I find that this same concept transfers to my own relationship. I can't hold people to my standard. I have to respect them and give them the dignity to have their own standard. Because learning your own standard is really what this journey is all about. But we have to hold people to some standard. And so, if I've said the word standard a thousand times this time... (laughs) I guess it's that we have to have a general standard. And And, sort, and this, this dialogue, this one-way dialogue, if anything, this monologue, is an exploration of that standard. What is the standard that we will accept in everyone around us? Because you know they say that you are the combination of the five people you spend the most time with. Ideas are just like cells in our body. Cells multiply and, a, and replicate. And they have a very beautiful process for splitting off and replicating and doing all, this thi- all these things. But when cells replicate, occasionally something fucks up and goes wrong and there's a mutation. And that mutation can either be good or bad. And the concept of evolution is really based around whether or not that mutation is good or bad. If someone mutates with the ability to grasp this world deeply like Elon Musk. He's not like the rest of us. You know, he's, he's sort of mutant. We're all on the spectrum. Mutants are real positive or mutants can be negative. There's there's a there's an evil Elon Musk out there somewhere. You know, running a mafia organization or a you know, the yakuza or a, you, you know whatever substitute whatever fits in there. The bad people. ISIS. Some people deep in American politics at the top, not so good. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so what I was saying was, ideas are similar to this, in the sense that you hear ideas, and they're bouncing back and forth, and you're parroting them, and so they're replicating between people. If I share an idea with you, you I'm replicating it in your head, right? And you're going to tell someone else that idea if it inspires you, and then it's replicated again. But somewhere along that chain, someone's gonna have an addition to it, and that's a mutation. And that's where invention is born. And that's fucking cool. Ideas operate just like cells operate, just like leaves on a tree. Everything's the same. Once you understand the way broadly, you can see it in all things. And it seems so simple when the wind's blowing. <laughs> Or just listening to the rain fall in your house. What's fucking, what's, what's fucking better than that? Growing up in Hawaii, I am intoxicated by rain. By the rain falling on the roof. Especially if you're lucky enough to have a, an old tin roof. Some kind, of, some kind of woodsman's shack. Perhaps one day I'll build a shack and I'll just call it the rain room and it'll just be a beautifully insulated box so there isn't a lot of clanging, you just get a nice dense resonant ting. You know, I specially insulate all the rafters and I I put stuff between the metal of the roofing material and the wood so it insulates it just a little bit. So you can just hear a you can just hear the wood landing on the metal, but it doesn't become some kind of annoying resonance. And we could sit in that room and do the craziest of psychedelics together. and listen to the rain. (sighs) I missed you guys so much. I'm sorry I was gone. (laughs) It's going to happen again. This is going to be... I'm not even going to pretend to do any sort of regularity moving forward here. This is going to be a collection of vignettes that we're going to stitch together last minute. A collection of ideas. And they're going to be articulated by some crazy... Hawaiian cowboy with a flair for the dramatic and a fabulous dichotomy of spirit and an ornate vocabulary. <laughs> what a fag. Uh, uh, yeah, but he's a feisty little bastard, isn't he? He's a feisty buster, isn't he? Now, I, uh, I found this next piece. While looking for <laughs> serious shit online. And it's it's presented very well. It's called How to Use Drugs by the School of Life. They have two and a half million followers on YouTube. I have no vested interest in promoting them. And I have no idea what's going to happen. Because I haven't even listened to this whole thing yet. In fact. After it's done, I will tell you whether or not I edit it. Edited uh, it edit, uh, I'm in beast mode. I'm almost in beast mode, people. I'm about to pick some fucking weights up because you know what I've been doing? When you work on a fitness video, all you do is move weights in and out of the truck. You move exercise bikes around. You move giant platforms around. I'm in the best shape of my life. And I'm getting paid to do it. It's a chess game, and I'm getting paid to do it. You look for that kind of job... I swear to you, if you internalize it and frame it this way, if you're the kind of person who has an overwhelming physical need for things, like exercise and sex and coffee, if you're overwhelmed and, and, and thoroughly stimulated by the physical realm, then find yourself a job that has high physical requirements, and you will never be happier. It will help straighten you out. It's hard to get to the gym every day. But when your job is the gym, you don't have a fucking choice. You pick up that fake rock made of polystyrene covered in plexiglass. More accurately, covered in fiberglass. It's easy to, to mix up your glasses. <laughs> so check this out, have some of this.
1: It's easy to have a pretty negative view of drugs. The news is always going on about police raids on drug dealers, kids tripping dangerously at raves, overdoses and rehab. It goes without saying, things can go horrifically wrong around drugs. But our intense awareness of the negatives is in danger of creating a misleadingly narrow view of the subject. Drugs are, at best, serious, dignified, noble and important, and we need more of them in our lives. The real issue is, we don't have a correct sense of what a drug is, and what the drugs might be that we in particular truly need. Essentially, a drug is a thing, anything, that alters your mood, acting via either the body or the senses to make an impact upon the mind. We've come to associate the impact of drugs with the heightening of a particular band of emotional states, the weird, the escapist, the hyperactive, and the ecstatically relaxed. But in truth, there are far more interesting, fruitful, and positive directions in which we should want our minds to be altered. We're only at the start of understanding the possibility of drugs. The task of a drug is simply to alter moods in any positive direction compatible with fulfilling one's highest ambitions. So we need drugs to help us to be more self-analytical, more hopeful, less prone to irritability, more politically tolerant and better at listening to other people, especially partners, when they have legitimate complaints against us. Fortunately, there are a lot more things that are drugs than we ordinarily suppose. We need to move away from the idea of drugs as pills that someone gives you at a party when you're 16 that will make you feel high, sick, possibly kill you, and make you look cool and shock your parents. The word drug happens to be sitting on a crucially important and large idea, the generation of benign and positive states of mind through the use of external physical resources. Any properly accurate list of drugs we have available should now include the following pomegranate juice. Coffee stimulates, but in the right dosage, just squeezed orange juice with a touch of lemon briefly strengthens the will and makes us more able to face tricky tasks. The much less known pomegranate juice has a soothing, calming effect which helps one be less prickly around perceived insults and slights. The paintings of Caspar David Friedrich. This physical object, titled "Morning Riesengebirge by the German 19th-century Romantic artist Caspar David Friedrich, is a drug that hangs on a wall, and it's intended to produce an expanded state of consciousness in which the pain of immediate troubles is lessened by a euphoric recognition of the immensity of nature and the cosmos. Emmental cheese. Its mild, savory taste and yielding but not crumbly texture quickly bring on a feeling of repleteness. Emmental is a quick anxiety reducer. Like chocolate and hot butter toast, Emmental is an envy-suppressing drug. Mozart's Aria, Suave Sia il Vento. This musical drug briefly induces a heightened state of tenderness towards strangers and a mood of generosity towards one's own and others' stupidity when it comes to relationships. Of course, the precise effects of these substances will vary from one person to the next. So a key task with these and all drugs is to get good at working out what we really need to optimise our own functioning. What might be a crucial corrective for one person could be deeply unhelpful for another. In wiser society than ours, we would have drug advisers available at hotels, shopping malls and online. People who would do a full audit of our natures and come up with extended menus for what sort of drugs might be most suitable for our given characters and in what doses and at what times of day we should take them. In the past, ambitious societies have looked very seriously at drugs and the thing they did was to organise drug use into rituals. A very popular drug, tea, was employed in Buddhist ceremonies in Japan from the 13th century onwards. The drug was used to promote focus, concentration, and a feeling of strong connection to other human beings. You might have to sit in a particular way, taking your tea drug, wait patiently to be served, and consume a very specific quantity while contemplating the branch of a pine tree in the wind. The ancient Greeks were also very interested in drugs. Their ritual, known as the Dionysian Mysteries, was built around the highly structured use of red wine as part of a religious festival. Participants would drink and dance in search of a sense of collective belonging as decreed by the god Dionysus. By making what might otherwise descend into binge drinking into a religious festival, the Greeks cleverly directed the immense power of alcohol towards the most beneficial states of mind. Instead of being a reason for getting into an argument with one's spouse or messing up a wedding speech, wine became an occasion for fostering trust and loyalty between citizens in the city. Moods play an immense role in our lives, and yet we tend to be haphazard in the way we identify and deal with them. At present, we play around with moods with hugely clumsy and dangerous instruments, with drugs that we hardly understand and that can have a devastating impact on our well-being need to broaden our sense of what a drug is, allow Mozart and Emmental cheese into the mix, and then have a system that correctly directs people to what might be the right drugs for them, with their flourishing being the end goal. We're still only at the turn of learning how to take drugs properly. We're sure to learn to be far better
0: drug takers in the future. Um, <laughs> I, I have... This is like a wet dream for me. (laughs) When I witness someone articulate something so beautifully, like, and those goddamn Brits with their fucking... We'll get into that later. All right, so I, I I edited absolutely nothing, obviously, out of that. I actually, the recording stopped in the middle, and I had to sync it. You can hear a little skip in there where I had to like re-record it and jump it over it. Yeah, those are layman's terms what I'm doing here in the studio. <laughs> oh, man. I'm so glad we're together again. Want to hear this, the, sec- the, the sacred numbers for this evening? All right, we're, we're setting the... Uh... Hang on a second.
2: It's like time kind we of used to have the old rock music
3: days. Right? You're kidding me. Yeah, take a look. the highlights thing. Who thinks up all this high-tech stuff anyway? You know, first they start with the digital watches, you know, watches that tell you the time in numbers, you know, like the, to the exact second, 312 and 42 seconds. Who needs to know that? I don't need to know that. I don't if they have uh, hands on the watches, you know, like they used to. People have hands. I think the watches should have hands. You know, somebody's thinking this stuff up. I don't, I don't think it's that good.
0: <laughs> I don't think it's that good. I know a friend who actually talks like that. <laughs> That's Bill Murray, of course. Wow, well, we fucking nailed that one out of the park. Getting lucky with the uh, the old drug speech there by the Brits, eh? Originally, this podcast was two parts. I, I spent a couple hours recording the first part, and I was gonna recording, and I was gonna chop it down. And I sent, I, I sent, I spent. Wow, things are getting slippery here. I'm pretty tired. <laughs> a little congested. Let's check the levels. We should probably check the levels. But before we do that, we have to remember why we check the levels. The song has been around, and it's not going to surprise you, but it feels really good. And it's the same loop over and over the entire time, and the rapping is what gives it the pepper. The steak is the music. Without it, it'd be a guy rapping. So really, the the words are the steak, and the music is the pepper. Yeah. After reevaluation, thank you for looking at that with me. (laughs) I think you'll agree that the words are the steak, and the music is the pepper. But without the pepper, it just wouldn't taste as good. It'd still be awesome to hear him say this stuff. There's a lot of talented people out there who can say things concisely. And back in the '80s, you could sort of say it was. You have to be a tough rapper now. Rap goes through different incarnations. Right now you have to be very blunt, straightforward, and a little bit brutal to get people's attention. You know, think of Eminem. It's a little brute, there's a lot of brutality in there. Um back in this particular era, you could be a little silly. And that and there was a beauty there. There was a uh, it was a little self-deprecating instead of like, look at all my diamonds, you know. Weakness is attractive when it's not the dominating trait. Just why this is, I have no idea. But it's it's very similar to the idea that they say all great perfumes have at least one note or, or strain or strand or whatever the fuck they use in that industry to describe that. It always has one putrid smell or one bad smell. You can see this in all things. It's related to what they call the... Uh, Oh God, eminent void. I don't actually remember the name for this, but it's when you look at uh, a space that's rendered on a computer and it's too perfect. You you just can't get with it. You can't believe in it. You can't really buy into the suspension of disbelief. It's too perfect. There's no perfection in nature. Nature contains a, a great amount of entropy, and and if you polish something. So that it reflects that little bit of entropy, yet still is beautiful and and well cared for and polished to a peak. We find that exceptionally attractive. I find rap like this so great for priming your mood. Because... It's pretentious, but it's pretentious in a way that's sort of silly and fun. That's kind of... I don't know. I don't know. What the fuck do I know? I'm experimenting with masks out here in in the big crazy city because you have to be something. I don't know. Maybe it's time to break them. What do you think? Should we break them?
3: a dog, no small, and mama cooked the breakfast with no haul I got my grub on, but didn't dig out, finally got a call from a girl I want to dig out, so hooked it up for later as I hit the dough, thinking will I live, another 24, I gotta go cause I got me a drop top, and if I hit the switch, I can make the ass drop, had to stop at a red light, looking in my mirror, not a jacker in sight, and everything is all right. I got a beat from Kim, and she could fuck all night. Called up the homies, and I'm asking y'all. Which part are y'all playing basketball? Get me on the court, and I'm troubled. Last week, fucked around and got a triple-double. Freaking niggas every way, like MJ. I can't believe today was a good day. Showers Didn't even get no static from the cowards. Cause just yesterday, them booze tried to blast me. Saw the police and they roll right past me. No flexing, didn't even look in a nigga's direction as I ran the intersection. Went to show dog's house, they was watching your TV raps. What's the hats on the cracks? Shake em up, shake em up, shake em up, shake em. Roll 'em Roll in a circle of niggas and watch me break em with the 7 seven eleven. 7-Eleven, 7 even backed on Little Joe. I picked up the cash flow. Then we played Bones, and I'm yelling Domino. Plus, nobody I know got killed in South Central LA. Today was a good day. <laughs> Left my nigga's house paid. Trying to fuck sister 12th grade. It's ironic, I had the rule, she had the chronic. The Lakers beat the supersonic. I felt on the big fat fanny, pulled out the jammy, and killed the poop nanny. And my dick runs deep, so deep, so deep, put her ass to sleep. Woke her up around one, she didn't hesitate to call Ice Cube the top gun. Drove (laughs) to the pad, and I'm coasting another sip of the potion hit the three wheel motion i was glad everything had worked out dropped her ass off and then chirped out today was like one of those fly dreams didn't even see a berry flashing those high beams no helicopter looking for murder two in the morning got the fat burger even saw the lights of the good gear blimp and it went ice cubes up hell but no throwing up <laughs> halfway home and my pages still blowing up today i didn't even have to use my ak i gotta oh, say it was uh, a good day i didn't
0: have to use my automatic weapon in the public area oh shit i'm sorry you gotta tell me that kind of shit man
3: this shit what the fuck i'm thinking about
0: poo if that song doesn't make you want to rap like like fucking like follows me around like a plague if that song doesn't make you want to rap then you have no musical inclination whatsoever i swear that hook is so goddamn intoxicating so tight we were in the truck the other day and we were jamming this and then they found (laughs) uh we found an instrumental version The people see at night, when they're looking at the screens Turn it on, turn it off, that's your mind, motherfucker Ain't nobody gonna wake you up until you wake yourself, sucker American made, I am the man Ridley Scott puts in his hand To mold and shake, to cookie-bake Like a little muffin man He's gonna sneak and
3: take, uh He comes out at night, when you can't fight you sleep, sleepy, bitch, you in for the night, uh Coming down your fucking stairs I got a big dick and no underwear uh, I know your wife's alone and she's not home
0: She's back in my crib Cause we just bone. But don't be mad at me I'm the cooking
3: man, you see And every time you taste me You know I'm fucking sweet uh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else would have the balls to share with you something that's stupid Oh, something that makes him look that retarded. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it, sometimes it's been a long day, okay? And the cookie man, you need to look. This, It's so fascinating, the propensity while you're rapping. To, it's sort of like the the preacher. It, it overtakes you, and you want to be grandiose. There's a reason there's some, so much bragging going on in rap. It's weird. Pay attention to it. It's It's such a weird form of articulation. You're screaming, not screaming, but you're, you're highlighting these phrases about what your existence means. And you can really put time into them, and people go, oh, this guy's a nerd. He takes things too seriously. Or you can be, be cool, the, the societal perception of what's cool. If you articulate things that way in rap, you get fucking millions of dollars now. Do drugs. I want to thank management for offering. But I said no. When I say no, it means how much and can I
4: get some more? No. It means no. I mean that. Unless you're giving it away. No, it means no. And can I also get some loops to come down later? No, it means seriously, it means no. Is the bar open? Oh, okay. No, it means let's see how I I used to do drugs. I had no luck with drugs, man. One time, me and three friends dropped acid, drove around in my dad's car. He has one of those talking cars. We're tripping, and the car goes, The door is ajar.
0: <laughs> we pulled over and thought about that for 12 hours.
4: <laughs> shit. How uh, can the door be ajar? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Why would they put a jar on
0: a Meanwhile, everybody listens to that and goes, Oh, we're so much more intelligent now. That joke is just it's a little dated. Not if you're stoned. <laughs> it's weird. I didn't intend for this to be some sort of like a weird celebration of drugs. I just think we have a lot of the wrong dialogue in our country, and that being America. America. A lot of shit going on, man. There there are people talking and they're saying a lot of crazy things about dropping bombs in the ocean. If you like bombs in the ocean then you'll like this next track which was given to us by the uh, minister of Alcadia, which is an underground city underwater. It's under under the water and under the ground. And under the water. And under that ground is uh, under the water's ground Okay, so under water, there is the ground, and under that ground, there isn't any water, there's more ground, and under that ground, see if you dig a hole and under that ground under there, then there's this
3: i don't think enough of us do yeah hard shit puts things in perspective your mind wants to gravitate towards softness and the couch and the easy road and naps and yeah ah fuck that let's quit yeah you know, your mind gravitates towards that easy
1: oh a hundred percent it's just like oh it's, someone's gave me uh someone said you know why people wallow in shit because it's warm and comfortable there <laughs>
3: Oh my
0: god. And what what a better way to end this sermon of of whatever this sermon is of I'm so good. We're back, okay? I'm sorry I had to do some work, but I found a way to to fit it in. And that is a euphemism. And I mean that wholeheartedly. Thanks for joining. This one was weird. I'm gonna send you out on some cool music. I I, I am gonna do those breakdowns on Drugs, uh, specifically the MDMA experience at a rave, or quote unquote, like the, the EDM experience, and why it's important and what you can turn it into as a ritual. That's fucking cool. You know, Dionysus, they used wine. Wine is not the optimal drug, but we, we have a lot in our pharmacopoeia right now. We have many arrows in the quiver, they're all deadly if used irresponsibly. You can take an arrow and you can go outside and you can kill an animal and you can skin that animal and uh, it'll provide for a family for like, uh, I don't know, maybe, uh, it really depends on this. You might have like 30 people, so like maybe one meal, okay? But uh, maybe not. Maybe it goes right through a child's head. I don't know. You guess what accent that was because I have no fucking idea. It's your fault, buster. JK, we're not going to end on that note. I rapped in this episode. What? Don't hold it against me. Um, I certainly would never try to become a serious rapper. I, I I could see myself becoming a comedic rapper as like a component of some sort of demented act that I'm going to be forced to put together here pretty quick. And moving on to Demented, tonight's winning number... Red number nine. Red number nine. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of ways to approach this. A lot of ways, mate, to approach this. Just be yourself, okay? Stop giving a fuck about what other people are trying to tell you to do. Cultivate a little ritual secretly in your own life. Something that makes you take things a little more seriously, while at the same time realizing that it's all impermanent. If that makes no sense, go do some yoga in a very hot room. Rogan's on to something. He's he's on a good path. Ari, stop being so cynical, you beast. Shout out to Joy Diaz, who continues to inspire me. And now, I have an apology real quick to make before we move on to something Delfront. Delfront, do you know? Do you know later we can move on to something, different? I apologize for the surprising sound levels in uh, episode 5, I guess was the last one. I dropped Your time is going to come on you at the crescendo of this idea. It was meant to sort of shake you up, but I guess the levels were a little too crazy. A lot of people were pissed off about that. I got a couple, couple messages. Anyway, also thank you so many people who are listening in Jakarta. I'm not. I, I'm not sure what's happening over there, but, but uh, my best friend told me he thinks it's probably just an English class where they're being forced to miserably translate my work because I use fancy words. It's probably what's going on. Stay strong. There's a lot of natural disasters happening, but there's also a lot of opportunities to camp out. I think that sounds crazy? I know this firsthand. I intentionally went down to Houston after Hurricane Ike and tried to look for work. Because I read this crazy post on Craigslist that said we need debris monitors. I had no fucking idea what that meant. And I ended up going down there and staying for the entirety of the project, cleaning up Houston, being in charge of a fifth of the city. 1.1 million households. Not in charge of. I was one of two supervisors. Jeez, grandiosity. The magic number is nine red. The magic number is nine red. When, when, as they say at the gun conventions, the shit hits the fan, that's what you're going to have to deal with in broadcasts, because that's how we're going to pass information around. <laughs> oh, I'm giddy to be back uh, in front of you, to be with you. Thank you for having me. Let's close this one on a bang. I was going to play something I wrote, but I'm going to play something, uh, another good primer. By the way, go buy these fucking songs, okay? This is sort of piratey, this radio I have here. It's not an admission of guilt. That's, uh, that's an exclamation that I'm actively providing free advertising for a lot of people. I'm making a dime. It's up to you, the listener. To support the people you want. Go buy those tracks. Oh, by the way, the, this is important. The Patreon page is going away. I, I, re, I realized the fundamental flaw when I was thinking about how the CIA runs our country. And um, what I realized was there's no way that I could ever know that like you could sign up like, like, like. Fifteen fucking likes. Maybe I'll promise to cut off a toe or something if I use the word like. There's no way for me to know that if you signed up, and we're donating money on my end. They could just track what computer I logged in on. And I would never know you were actually giving me that money unless we talked about it. And I guess that's kind of an exposure. But theres I, I just realized that there was too much potentiality for silliness. And it's annoying to think that you know, this rando is going to charge you every month for some perceived content. Whatever. There's a lot of holes in the theory. Later on, it might make sense. You have to become a giant brand, I think, for that. Instead, I'm putting up a Venmo link on my site. Um, You want to throw me some coinage, some green energy, some gold bullion. There will also be a post office box where you can mail me things if you want to uh, get in touch with tactile forms. This is not a solicitation of stuff. Okay, This is an answer to a problem. That, uh, that we've been having. And I don't need to get into the details, but things have been going all over the place, important things, and this is a good way for me to consolidate all of my resources. We're trying to shore up all these threads in life. We're grabbing all of them, each strand, and we're taking a good look at it. We're going to fucking figure out what's going on, and then we're going to use it to braid this God, G-A-D, dang rope. One of those strands eminently tomorrow. There's no escaping. I must get up early. To be professional. To use coffee. An alpha brain. No that's a that's a blatant plug for a product I believe in. Not getting a dime yet from those guys, even though I went to high school with the creator. We'll link up eventually. I do think there are ways you can manipulate your physiology to become more optimal. I do think a lot of people are cruising through in a type of societal hypnosis where they're not really paying attention. Specifically, not really paying attention to the things that would benefit them the most to pay attention to. Instead, well, they're being taught to be, to be subservient and pay attention to ways that other people can extract resources from them. You're in the matrix right now. Whether or not you like pills, blue, red, green, purple, black. There's fucking animals running all around me in this underground bunker. I I saw a giant lizard that I thought was a snake and a mouse running right towards me within the last ten minutes. Yeah. And another one right there. That's I mean, come on. Is it because the energy here has begun to resonate? And the animals of the forest believe in it as well? Or is it because some nutcase gets a little too spanked up in his garage and and tells people prophecies? I don't know. People like that are dangerous. People we gotta do we gotta do something about people like that. You know what I'm saying? They can't just they can't just encourage people to do whatever they want, do drugs. Think freely. We have, we, have, we have a society to uphold here, people. Indeed, we do have a society to uphold here, people. So go out and be proactive, good citizens. Liberty. and Faith in the country always, regardless of what the government happens to be up to. Ultimately, there's going to be people more powerful than you. That's just how the paradigm is. Even though we're at the top of the food chain, so to speak, doesn't mean that there's not a stronger member of that same class that can't eat you. There always is. Don't ever forget that. Operate humbly. Move forward as such. Let's do this. How to wrap up such a pretentious endeavor. There can only be one way. Pepper for your steak, Maverick Matthews. Remember. There can only be one way to approach this, and that is the graceful warrior. You cannot be crushed by what is in front of you. But you will not crush unless necessary. From here forward, things have changed. It's like time we used to have
2: old rock music days. Right.
0: And it was in New York City, and he was like, you know, one of the stars of the movie. And it was, um, it was a moment of innocence. Because we went forward uh, from that room, and I don't think it was ever the same. <laughs> you know, it was just uh, it took a turn. It wasn't all bad by any means. There was a lot of good that happened after that. But it was just sort of um, a, a real moment that changed after that. This has truly been a strange journey for us, hasn't it? A lot of clicking, a lot of strangeness. Thanks for joining me, Maverick Matthews Pepper Steak. Check out this, uh, this little Bob Bobbio Delenio coming at you. Pay attention to these words, man. He doesn't put them together by accident. Pay fucking attention. I love you.
2: Far off into the east, and I see my baby coming. She's walking with the village. I feel a change coming on, and the last part of the day is already. strive for the same old see there